Let's pray. Father, I just speak your blessing over this word today. And Father, we pray that, Lord, you will open our hearts and our minds to receive without unbelief. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Today, I'm going to be starting the first sermon. And I'm going to be talking about why it is God's will for us to prosper. Prosperity is the will of God. And I'm going to establish that from the Word of God. Now, there's a very strong conviction in my heart that this is the word that Nagaland needs to hear in this time and season. Because we have seen in the last few years, there's a greater emphasis by the government and society in the area of economy and business because of the challenges that we are facing as a people right now. The unemployment that is rising among our young people, the poverty among our people. And then we are seeing that most of our business is controlled by the non-locals. So with all these challenges, the government is trying to push entrepreneurship among the young people. There's so many schemes and there's so many, you know, um, seminars and conferences that are trying to raise entrepreneurship among the young generation. So when we see these things happening in the natural, I also pick it up that in the spiritual, God wants us to understand these principles. God wants us to understand these truths. Because this is also what God wants to release over Nagaland. If I observe the mindset of the average Naga, I see a poverty mindset. It's a stronghold. I see a spirit of poverty. Because we have been brought up in the last hundred years or so, depending on the government for funds, depending on salary to survive. You see, that develops a, post, a poverty mindset that we really need to expose by the Word of God and destroy it through our belief in the Word of God so that we as a people really begin to prosper the way God wants us to prosper. Amen. And I'm going to be establishing various truths. I'm going to talk about poverty. I'm going to talk about the spirit of mammon. I'm going to talk about what is prosperity, biblically, what it really means. And I'm also going to establish certain truths that Prosperity just doesn't come by praying for it. Poverty doesn't live by binding and casting out. There are strongholds that are in our mind that really need to be torn down and a new mindset established that will really cause us to walk in prosperity. So the solution is ultimately in the Word of God, in God's truth. You know, the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel refers to the good news so the good news from the Bible is the power of God unto salvation. And the word salvation includes saving from poverty. Salvation for the family, the individual, and also for the land and the people. So we're going to look at prosperity being the will of God today. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 29. This is the first point. We're going to look at God's original plan for man. God's original plan for man. Let's read it together. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Can you say blessed? 
And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. Every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. So from the beginning, we see that God's original plan for man, God's original will for all men is prosperity. This is God's will from the beginning. Let's look at some key words here. Look at the word blessed in verse 28. Blessed. God blessed Adam and Eve. And in Adam and Eve, God blessed all men. When we say the word blessed today, it has, used, it has lost its original meaning. Because somebody sneezes, we say, God bless you. We just say, God bless you when we finish the service, when we're going back home. And sometimes we just mean it in a more religious or traditional meaning. But in Hebrew, the word blessed is the word barak. Everyone say barak. The barak football club. Barak, B-A-R-A-K. And it has a very powerful meaning. The word barak can be translated into the following meaning in English. Are you ready for this? Make sure you're writing it down. Empowered to prosper and to have success. When God blessed Adam and Eve, he empowered them to have success and to prosper. To have favor, to increase, to have the ability to reproduce. So to put it in a nutshell, the blessing that God gave Adam and Eve is an empowering from God to prosper in every area of their lives. Amen. And when we use the word blessing, which is an extended word from Barak, it means an inheritance, a gift, or a tangible benefit. This is in Hebrew. Baraka is a noun, so it's something that you can see and touch, such as land, food, animals, water, people, a home, or any other substance that is made from natural resources. So when we say blessing, we're not only talking about some spiritual blessing that we just believe we are not aware of, it has no effect upon our lives, but just believe it. No. We're talking about a blessing that begins from the spirit because it came from God. God released it. It comes from the spiritual realm, but it begins to affect every area of our lives. Can you see? Amen. And in the beginning, God even blessed nature. The Bible says God blessed the animals. God blessed the trees. God blessed the plants. And God said, be fruitful and multiply. And that blessing continues to work even today. Nature keeps on multiplying. Can you say amen? Look at the word, be fruitful. Be fruitful. Fruitful in the Hebrew means grow. God gave the power from the beginning to men to grow. It also means increase. Increase. See, God doesn't want you to be static. Either your faith life, your spiritual life, or your own business, or whatever you're doing, your gifts and the talents, God doesn't want you to be static. You see, if you have a gift for playing music, God did not want you to stop after you got married. God wants you to continue. If you have a gift of singing, 
I'm so happy that Zaza is in the present worship team. Because in Ireland, we think present worship is for young people. Till you are married. After you're married, no more of these things. No. God wants you to increase. Your gifts and your talents should keep on increasing. Because prosperity is tied to your gifts and your talents. It's connected. Amen. Look at the word multiply. The word multiply means bring in abundance. It means enlarge. Be exceeding. It means be great. Look at the words I have given you, that phrase. God says, I have given you every herb. Everyone say herb. Every tree. Amen. Hallelujah. But don't take from your neighbor's tree, all right? Every beast, every bird, everything that creeps. Nagas have actually excelled in this area. Everything that creeps, I have given to you for food. Amen. So God has given to us the resources of the earth in order for us to be fruitful and multiply and increase. So from the beginning, we see that Adam was entrusted to expand the Garden of Eden. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Take dominion. Subdue the earth. In other words, God gave Adam the authority and the delegated power to fill the earth with the blessings of the Garden of Eden. The word Eden means delight. It means more than just a geographical location. It means the state of existing in God's favor and God's presence. So God told Adam, take my presence, my power, and my love, and fill the earth with the knowledge of who I am. Amen. And for that purpose, God gave him all the resources. Adam had no lack. Did you know that day was not even one day of lack in Adam's life? Adam did not know fear and worry. All that Adam knew in the beginning was abundance and blessing. Until Adam and Eve committed rebellion in chapter 3. And the moment they committed rebellion, sickness came. Sin came and poverty came. The earth was cursed. So Satan is really the author of poverty. Is not God. Satan is the author of sickness. The curse. Because of man's sin. Amen. Now in Christ, God has redeemed man's plan. Man's purpose. God's plan for man has been redeemed in Christ. See, we are now restored into relationship with the Father. Our identity is now restored. Hallelujah. Our righteous standing with God is restored. That means favor has been restored in Christ. And that also means purpose. The purpose that God gave Adam, which was lost, has been restored in Christ for those who believe. Can you say amen? Amen. And so as believers, God wants us to carry this garden of Eden effect over all the earth. And every area of your influence, all the earth shall be filled with knowledge of the glory of God. How? Through us. Through the church. Can you say amen? 
And for that purpose, God gives to us the resources of the earth. God gives to us gifts and talents and abilities. God gives to us wisdom. God gives to us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill this purpose that was given from the very beginning. Point number two. Creation is created for abundance and increase. The very nature of creation. God blessed the seed in the beginning. He blessed the seed. Did you get it? The trees, the animals, the herbs. God blessed the original seed. And in the seed, God gave the power to increase. And therefore, the earth has always been increasing and creating abundance. Earth is created with the ability to replenish itself in abundance. Why? The power is there in the beginning in the seed. Look at Nagaland. A few years back, we had finished all of our wildlife. And so, our elders in their wisdom decided that they will ban hunting in many areas and open it only for a month in a year. Now, in the last two to three years, we are seeing again wildlife coming back. Right? We are enjoying deer meat more than in the last 10 years. Yes or no? So, you see, nature has the ability to replenish itself if we will just be wise and let go of it. Look at the law of the Sabbath. God told the Israelites, when you go into the promised land, you will sow and plant and harvest for six years. The seventh year, you must allow the land to rest. No sowing, no work, no planting. And God said, if you will allow the land to rest, the land to have a Sabbath, then you will have a greater abundant harvest later on. See, earth can replenish itself. The world grows enough food to feed everyone. Did you know that? More than enough. In fact, many times over is wasted. Why is there lack then? The lack is there because it is main mad. There's mismanagement of resources. There's greed. There's hoarding to push up the prices. There's economics, competition between nations. Do you know that a large amount of food is destroyed simply to control prices? In fact, there are about 1.3 billion tons of food wasted in a year. There's enough. It's just that the imperfect nature of man, the sinful nature of man is unable to manage these resources. There's enough wealth on the planet for everyone to live well. Unfortunately, 2% owns 50% of the world's money. The annual income of the richest 100 can eradicate poverty on the earth four times over. This is another interesting fact I found. I don't know whether it's true, but I believe there is some truth here. There's enough diamonds for every person to have a cup full of it on this earth. Did you know that? But companies like De Beers, they buy these diamonds and they hide them so that they create artificial scarcity and push up the prices. And this is just for all the women. Do you know that the diamond has no intrinsic value at all? It has no intrinsic value. It's more emotional value. There is no value in it. 
there's enough diamond for everyone to have. It's just artificial scarcity for economics. So that is a big relief for all the guys who are planning to get married. All right? Mahatma Gandhi said, there is enough for everyone's need, but not enough for everyone's greed. And that is true. Point number three, the blessing of Abraham. Turn to Genesis chapter 17. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, this is what I'm also longing for. That even when I'm 99, God will come to me. Amen. Not that I will go to heaven, but God will come to me. I will still be on the earth preaching. Amen. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you. Everyone say covenant. Underline that. The word covenant means promise. The promise that is made by the shedding of blood. And will multiply you exceedingly. Underline exceedingly exceedingly as for me behold my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations no longer shall your name be called Abraham but your name shall be Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations I will make you exceedingly fruitful look at that word fruitful and I will make nations of you a king shall come from you and we know in Genesis chapter 12 God said I will bless you and in you all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And those who bless you shall be blessed. Amen. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants. Look at that. I will establish. The word establish means fix on a permanent basis. Permanent basis. So God is telling Abraham, I will fix my covenant, my promise between me and you. And your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting, that means it cannot be broken, to be God to you and your descendants after you. That means the covenant of blessing and prosperity that God gave to Abraham is established forever. That means it is unalterable. Turn to your neighbor and say, it cannot be changed. See, it is on a permanent basis. It is generational. Hallelujah. And we see this blessing manifest in the nation of Israel during the times of David and Solomon. How they prosper and how God, despite the disobedience, will keep on blessing them. Let's look at an interesting fact here about the people of Israel, even for today. They continue to be blessed even today. Major scientific breakthroughs, banking, Facebook is owned by a Jew. Did you know that? As of 2017, Nobel Prizes have been awarded to 902 individuals of whom 203 or 20.5% were Jews. Among the total Jewish population comprises less than 0.2% of the world's population. There are only 15 million Jews on the earth today. And yet they have a greater percentage of the successes 
and the achievements in literature, in science, in economics, and so on. There are 1.3 billion Indians. 1.2. Who knows? Many are hidden. How many Nobel Prizes do we have? Not even 10. There's definitely a blessing upon them. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, what about us then? Well, turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 and verse 29. Galatians chapter 3. Well, the Bible says that we are also children of Abraham. Amen. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. What faith is this talking about? Faith in Jesus Christ. How many of you believe in Jesus? You really, really, really believe? You are born again. Yes? You are a son of Abraham. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you are a son of Abraham. Amen. And this includes the woman. You are a child. You are a seed of Abraham. Look at Galatians 3 verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs, 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 according to the promise. What promise? Genesis 17. The blessing of Abraham is still valid for us today by faith. And God said, it is a permanent covenant. Permanent. Hallelujah. If you believe these truths, you need to get ready to prosper. Hallelujah. It is a permanent covenant. It is generational. Amen. Believe these truths more than what people may say. You're cursed because of this. You're cursed because of your father, your grandfather. No. The blessing is greater than the curse. Whom God has blessed, no man can curse. Can you say amen? Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. Prosperity is one way God establishes his covenant. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. God gives us power to get wealth. Everyone say wealth. Come on, say it louder. Wealth. Shout it out. Wealth. Don't ever be ashamed of this word. There's a lot of criticism in evangelical circles about what we say prosperity theology. If you listen to some of these criticisms, you will be afraid of this teaching because of the fear of men. There's a lot of confusion in the church about prosperity. Some people think to be prosperous is to be a little sinful and to be really holy, you need to be poor. Right? Can we see how religion has turned it around? Poverty is not of God, but religion has made poverty holy. God's nature is a nature of abundance and increase. Hallelujah. See, a lot of these teachings have come out because people did not have the wisdom and understanding to handle prosperity, to handle money. And we have teachings that say, you know, you must not serve God and mammon. So mammon is money. That's what we think. Is mammon money? It is not. 
Mammon is the spirit behind money. And I'll be talking about it later on. Amen. Don't ever be ashamed of the word prosperity. Don't let people's criticisms make you afraid of using the true Bible terms. Wealth is written in the Bible. Why are we afraid of it? Amen. Hallelujah. A lot of the terms coined by theologians, I tell you, is used by the devil to put fear in the hearts of people. To put fear in the hearts of believers from believing the truth about God. You must always examine all teachings by the word of God. Hallelujah. It is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. God gives us the power to get wealth. He doesn't give us wealth. He gives us the ability. If you use the ability, the wealth will come. A lot of Christians are just praying for wealth. They're not praying for the ability. Wisdom is one of them. Using the gifts and the abilities, talents God has given you is one of them. So here you also understand that there is an element of work that you need to do to be prosperous. You need to work. You can't be lazy and expect prosperity. You need to be diligent. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll talk about that later. But the point here is this. Prosperity is a part of his promise to his children that God uses to establish his larger covenant promise of salvation. Hallelujah. So the person who rejects, who holds to poverty and rejects prosperity actually rejects the establishing of the covenant. Hallelujah. Point number five. The names of God. Genesis chapter 17. Let's go back here. The names of God. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am El Shaddai. The word Almighty God, translated into English in the Hebrew is Almighty God. I am El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Let's... Try to understand what this word means, El Shaddai. The Hebrew word "dai" means to shed forth, pour out, or to heap benefits. And it means provision, sustenance, blessing. So God is the all-bountiful, all-sufficient God. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient God. The Hebrew word Shad or Shaddaim means breasts or breasts. El Shaddai also means the breasty one, literally. And it talks about God who nourishes, supplies, and satisfies. That God is the one mighty to nourish you, to satisfy you, and to supply your needs. The Hebrew word Shaddad means overpower or to destroy, suggesting absolute power. So all of these words combined together, added with the word El, which is the name of God, means that God is the one who mightily nourishes, satisfies, protects, and supplies. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So when we see our God as El Shaddai, He's not El Chipo. He's not El Poverty. 
Amen. He's the all-sufficient one who has all power and ability to keep on nourishing you, sustaining you, and supplying you no matter how big your needs are. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. And do you know that God's nature and His name cannot be separated? If God's name is this, He will be that in the way He lives His life. His nature is His name. His name is His nature. God cannot act opposite to His name. If the Bible says God is love, God cannot act the opposite of that. Hallelujah. Look at Genesis chapter 22 verse 14. And Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, or Jehovah Jireh. And it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Jehovah Jireh is one of the covenant names of God, which has been revealed to us or given to us in Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. Jehovah Jireh. We have Jehovah Rapha. The Lord who heals. Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner of victory. Jehovah Shama, the Lord who's always with us. Jehovah Rohai, the Lord our shepherd. Amen. So these are the covenant names of God. And here we have this word, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. This is a covenant name. In other words, God has promised in this name that he will be our provider. Every need we have, He will supply. Can you say hallelujah? Amen. So when we look at the names of God, we see a God who wants to prosper. Let's look at the next point. Point number five. Redemption includes redeeming from the curse of the law. Turn to Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Redemption includes redeeming from the curse of the law. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Everyone say the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. Let's read it together, but now I want you to say, Having become a curse for me. Alright? Let's read it together. Everyone, follow me. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for me. Say it. Curse for? Having become a curse for? Having become a curse for me. See, you need to make the Bible personal. Not just read it as a textbook. Christ became a curse for you on the cross. When you see Jesus on the cross, you see all the curses that should have come upon you because of your sins and disobedience came on Jesus. Christ was cursed for you in your place. Which means you cannot be cursed. You cannot be cursed. Come on, say that with me. I cannot be cursed. I cannot be cursed. Why? Christ was cursed for me. Glory. I mean, you should get excited. Amen. You should get excited. There are people going around prophesying that you've been cursed. He's been cursed. Don't listen to that. Listen to the word. You cannot be cursed. You're still not happy. I know now that you'll be happy only when you get pork, when you get project funds that come to your bank account. This is the key to your prosperity. 
You believe this. This is the key. Say, I cannot be cursed. Because Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law. And he became a curse for me. Glory. Amen. Now, if you study Deuteronomy 28, it lists all the curse of the law. And one of the curses of the law is poverty, barrenness, failure repeatedly in everything you do, defeat. But Christ has redeemed us. That means he has bought us out of that place called poverty. And he has redeemed us so that today we can be in the blessing of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So today I believe it is God's will for me and you to prosper. Why? The redemption of Christ. We're redeemed from poverty. In fact, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, you will see a portion of Scripture that many, many people are confused about, but I truly believe that this is talking about prosperity in the complete, total sense. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we talk about grace, we're talking about everything Christ did for you and me. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Might become? Might become? Shout it out. Rich. Is this only spiritual or does this also include physical? If you study the context of this, Paul is talking about money. He's talking about giving. So the context is here about physical money. All right? Now, true spiritual riches, Christ has given to us. But the blessings of God are not only spiritual and not physical. Like I said, all blessings come from the Spirit, from God. It is in the Spirit. All blessings are in the Word from God. But when you believe it, it begins to affect every area of your life. For example, peace. Peace comes first in your heart, yes? But if there's peace in your heart, there'll be peace in your home. Husband, wife, do you agree? If there's peace in your home, your children will also grow up in a peaceful environment, yes? Does it affect their studies? Does it affect their education? Does that affect the entire city? You see, when the gospel first comes to the heart, which is from the spirit, and the blessings of God are received in the heart, it begins to affect every area of our lives. So what I truly believe is this. Christ redeemed us from poverty. By dying on the cross in abject poverty, leaving the riches and the glory of heaven coming and experiencing all the wretchedness of humanity and dying on the cross so that we, through his poverty and what he sacrificed and gave for us, when we receive the truth of the gospel in the heart because of what begins here, we have a prosperous soul and the mind begins to change and the heart begins to be filled with faith, we can be rich. Hallelujah. God will bless you in every area of your life when you begin to hold the truths of the gospel. It's all there in redemption. Hallelujah. Turn to Romans chapter 4. So this is not only talking about spiritual poverty. 
It's talking of poverty in every sense of the word. Poverty is spiritual. Prosperity is spiritual. It all begins in the spirit. From the heart. But when we begin to believe the truth, it begins to affect every area of our lives. The ability that people have to create ideas that make millions and billions of dollars, the ability that people have to go out into the marketplace and do some business, you see, all of that comes from a heart that believes, that is positive, that takes risks. Amen. Hallelujah. So, spiritualism in a sense, okay, let me not say in that sense spiritualism, but what you believe in your heart, what begins here, affects everything in your life, including your material, physical well-being. Hallelujah. And I believe this is not only talking about spiritual things, it's talking about everything. In fact, do you know that everything you do is spiritual? Eating is spiritual. Working in the office is spiritual. Amen. Everything you do is spiritual. How many of you believe that? There's no such thing as secular if you truly believe that you belong to Christ and Christ has bought you with his blood. Everything we do is spiritual. Because everything we do, we do by faith in Christ. We do as children of God. And we do it to bring glory and honor to the name of Christ. I was speaking with a group of athletes before they left for Manipur, the Northeast Olympics. And as I was sitting there thinking, what do I share with them? God spoke to my heart. Tell them, athletics is spiritual. It is. If you come to church on Sunday, we're very serious. Because we think, oh, spiritual God. But on Monday, Tuesday, the things that we do, we don't do it very serious with all the heart because we think that's secular. But God spoke to me to tell them, you see, when you begin to see your job as spiritual, your profession as spiritual, your business as spiritual, do you know, do you know your business is spiritual? You may be making momos in your restaurant, but I tell you, it's very spiritual. Amen. See, you're doing it from your heart. You're doing it with honor. When you honor your customers, there's a blessing that comes. Why many Naga business suffer is because there is no honor. Most Naga businessmen, I have noticed, does not honor their customers. Right? There's no honor. They don't understand that business is spiritual. Whereas a uh, non-local, though he may not believe in Christ, for them, their business is their God. Now, God doesn't want us to make business our God. But yet, they have tapped into a spiritual law and a spiritual principle. They're worshiping mammon. Yes, mammon will bless you with money and luxury, but will take your soul. But they're still worshiping mammon, and mammon is blessing them. Are you happy you came? Business is spiritual. Amen. I tell you, it's spiritual. When you understand that, tap into the laws of the spirit so that your business will prosper. 
Amen. Hallelujah. So Romans chapter 4, 19 to 21. How do I walk in this promise and covenant of prosperity? Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God, the promise that God gave him, Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 17, through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham received the covenant by faith. Abraham did not look at his own body, 100 years old. He did not look at Sarah's condition. But he looked to the promise. He looked to the faithfulness of God. And he was fully convinced. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform, he received by faith. And it came to pass in his life. How can you and I walk in the will of God, which is prosperity? Today, we have to reject the lie of Satan. That prosperity is only for a few people. Ministers, bureaucrats, contractors, Marwaris and Biharis. The rest of us Nagas, we are confined to poverty. That's a lie of Satan. Amen. I'm not saying all of you will become millionaires. No. You see, many times you talk about prosperity, the carnal image of prosperity comes into your mind. And that's why we struggle with the definition of prosperity. So we'll be defining that later on. Just understand this. God wants you to prosper in the biblical sense. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. Amen. But you have to reject the lie. When I talk about prosperity, if you are struggling in your mind, I don't think I can ever prosper. Anyone was struggling? Let's be honest. In your thought, that's, a, that's the devil lying to you all these years. If you are faced with a problem and you read the Word of God, and you think that problem cannot be solved because God is not bigger than the problem, that is a lie. Where do poverty start from? It starts with lies. One of the lies of poverty is, I can't do it. That's not for me. But my family, we've been in poverty all these years. But we are, see, those are lies. And poverty is entrenched for so many years in your family, in your generation, because of these lies that we have been believing. You have to let go of that lie today. You have to reject that lie. And you have to receive this truth. Like Abraham, Father, I receive this truth that it is God's will for me to prosper. And I do not look at my own life. I don't look at my background. I don't look at my family history. I don't look at my circumstances. I look to you, your promise. 
I look to your faithfulness. I look to El Shaddai. I look to Jehovah Jireh. And I'm fully convinced it is your will for me to prosper. I receive it by faith today. It begins here. Not here. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you will enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9.8 that God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 700 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.